Welcome to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, where we invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and set you up to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon, founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. My divorce brought me to my knees, and it also transformed me and set me on this path to help you. Our team of JBD coaches support men and women to engage in divorce with more calm, clarity, and confidence through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Well, the regret for me was I feel like I wasted all those years in an unhappy marriage and I could have have already moved on and been, you know, moved forward and, and grown and become the better person that I was hoping to be getting out of this. And so thanks to you, we walked through regret and it showed me that I did do everything I could possibly do and I did stick in there and... Um, I come from a family, my parents are still to this day married, they're 60 years married, and I come from a family of values and traditions, and not that divorce isn't an option, of course it is, so it wasn't, and it wasn't a religious thing either, it was just a thing, sometimes things aren't great, and you can work through them, and so I was stuck on that, but my regret was just, when we started talking about what did I actually regret, you pointed out that as we walked through it and you kind of had me say it out loud without even knowing I was going to say it out loud I didn't have any regrets because I really did try everything I possibly could Welcome to Voices of Celebration This series is designed to inspire and encourage you as we share real-life experiences of former Journey Beyond Divorce clients who invested in their personal growth through divorce and emerged a better version of themselves with a more rewarding post-divorce life. Welcome back to another episode of Voices of Celebration. I am very excited about today's guest, a former client of mine, Maria. Welcome, Maria. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Maria, uh, I'm going to ask you if we could start with... um, what made you reach out to me? Because your your starting point is a little different than some of my other interviews. What made you reach out to Journey Beyond Divorce to begin with? Well, I was struggling. I was divorced. I'm going to say probably about, it had been two years, but I was mm-hmm. still struggling with, I had, I had no sadness, but I was dealing with anger, resentment, and regret because I couldn't get past wondering if I, I should have done things earlier, if I should have done something earlier. Um, my husband was, ended up cheating on me, which is why we were divorced. Um, and also, um, I just had so much anger that I, I, I couldn't get past. And I felt 
resentment and regret, resentment towards him and regret that I didn't do something sooner, basically. And I needed help right. with that. And how long were you married? I was married 12 years. We were together 14 years, married 12. Right. And how would you describe what led to the the dissolution? Was it the cheating? Was Was it other things in the relationship as well? There were many things in the relationship. I, I realized throughout many years, I guess we were, we were probably unhappy. I was unhappy for about three years prior to the divorce, but it was more of the, the, the selfishness and feeling that I was not important enough for my husband. He was, everyone else was more important than me. And he would be this happy, fun guy with everybody else, but inside the house, it was a different story. It, he was just, you know, you, you, sometimes, you know, we always take out things on the ones we love the most. And this is very true in our relationship where I didn't quite understand it. And he was just selfish. Everything was about him all the time. Every day, every moment was something about him. My needs were never met. I was never, my anything I did was never, we never got to talk about me or what did I want to do and what, what was my interest and how, Hey, how was your night? How was your day at work? How was this? How was that? It never existed in our lives. And, and looking back, I mean, he was lots of fun and I, we loved each other very much. And in the beginning, um, I'm very selfless, so it worked very well. But then as my needs grew, I suppose they were not, they just weren't met and we were just not growing together. We were completely growing apart. Right. And then he has an affair, what do you think the regret was about? For me, the regret, I, I feel like I should have done something before it led to three years of unhappiness. I kept thinking, well, I, I should have left earlier. I should have left earlier. I should have just right. made that decision. I knew I was unhappy and I, I kept thinking, no, it'll get better. No, things will be like they used to be. You know, it, it's it's a phase he's going through. I really thought maybe it was a midlife crisis because the signs were there. He bought this fancy car. He quit a job, started another job. And just, I just thought, you know, I, I knew what it could be and what it once was. So I thought, no, I'm, I, this will work out. This will work out. It's just a phase. It'll get better. And so my regrets were I now knowing what I know, I, I feel like, no, I should have just knowing how it was. I should have left. Right. And regret is a dangerous story. I remember that's where we began our work is that you were really dogged by regret. And the thing about regret yeah. is, well, you can't change the past. So now you're just dogged by it. And what happened? How did you begin to um, dislodge yourself from that place? Well, the regret for me was I feel like I wasted all those years in an unhappy marriage and I could have have already moved on and been, you know, moved forward and, and grown and become the better person that I was hoping to be getting out of this. And so thanks to you, we walked through regret and it showed me that I did do everything I could possibly do. And I did stick in there and um, I come from a family. My parents are still to this day married. They're six, 60 years married. And I come from family of values and traditions and not that divorce isn't an option. Of course it is. So it wasn't, it, and it wasn't a religious thing either. It was just, a things. sometimes things aren't great and you can work through them. And so I was stuck on that, but 
my regret was just when we started talking about what did I actually regret? You pointed out that I, as we walked through it and you kind of had me say it out loud without even knowing I was going to say it out loud. I didn't have any regrets because I really did try everything I possibly could. And I did some silly stuff that women do. I read books about, am I controlling? Am I this? Am I that? You know, am I nagging? I'm like, well, I didn't think I was, but I read books and I started to change things. I'm like, all right, this will work. This will work. That's the, probably the codependent part that we'll probably get into because we discussed that as well. But I, I mean, you kind of just helped me through the fact that the regret was there is none. There really is none. I did everything I could and I came out feeling better. And I think I I remember that so clearly. And the regret story is usually had I done something different, my situation would be better, which is always like, well, maybe, maybe not. And you did what you did anyway. And the other interesting thing is your regret was had I left sooner, I could have gotten on with my life. And yet the regret after leaving was keeping you from getting on with your life. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it like, completely was right. And it really, for me, thank you to you. We, I believe we hit it like within an one hour um, talking to each other, all the feeling that I had. And, and it wasn't every single day I felt this regret, but it would, you know, the feelings come up, something happens and you feel it. And it was literally gone, like in the snap of a finger when you pointed out or helped me point out that, no, I don't have any regret. And I moved forward just as quickly as I just said that. (laughs) So quickly, so brilliantly. It was like you were freed, like, you know, in a hot second, once, once you put all those pieces together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember that. I remember that being really powerful and speaking to to you, Maria, and your ability to be open and look at other perspectives and then like really roll up your sleeves. And what do I need to do to to Mm -hmm. to where I want to be? And so I really want to, you know, honor you and the work that you do and that you did with that. And, And with the regret came this we're going to talk about emotional energy came this really. Um, depleting conflict energy, this resentment energy that you had, and even just Mm -hmm. offline before you were saying who you were actually resentful for. Can you just share a little bit of that? Uh, Absolutely. That was the, another part of me contacting you was regret and resentment. And I, for the two years prior to our first conversation, the resentment was all towards my ex-husband. I resented him and I resented things that I thought he was doing where it was really me that was doing them. And for example, my husband uh, sang and uh, played piano at night and therefore he'd come home often late. Although he could come home earlier, he would stay out late and come home and sleep in. And if I had a day off, I was looking forward to spending time with him. And I would ask, please come home early so we can get up and, you know, have a nice breakfast, take our dogs out, go, go somewhere, do something. And he'd often stay out too late and be sleep in. And I'd be up and sitting on the couch, waiting for him to get up, waiting for him to get up. And now it's 11 o'clock and I'm, I'm mad because we're supposed to do something. And the resentment was all about I resented him. Why, why couldn't he just come home one time for me? Why couldn't we just, you know, and I worked 12 hour days. So I worked a lot. So I wasn't home often. So I cherish our days off together. And I was hoping that he would as well. And the resentment was all going just directed towards him constantly. And 
you, a second eye opener within an instant of explaining to me. And this is the, the example. And I can remember it like it was yesterday. And this is what, two years since we've been through this, that I gave that what I just explained about him sleep saying he'd come home early and we can get up and do things. And I'm sitting on the couch waiting for him, waiting for him. And I'm a small house. So I have to be quiet and walk in. And now I'm mad at him. And the resentment is me. I, I didn't do anything about it. And all those resentments, and I could tell numerous stories, but they all lead down the same path. And that is, is that the resentment is me. I did nothing about it. I could have just gone and went out with my day and just carried on or go wake him up and say, get up. You promised we'd be doing something, but I never did any of that. I just let him do this to me over and over and over. So the resentment was really towards me. And so I let go of all the resentment because I realized I'm carrying it towards him, but it's, it was me. And I think part of that process, if I remember correctly, was you're also having to forgive yourself for being there and and yes. for not not acting differently, just not not being aware. I, it, that happens to all of us. It's like we're not even aware that there's another option, and so we're sitting here in our own stuff. Um, and so that forgiveness that. You, you you didn't know any better and so you couldn't have done right because that's that 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 step that gets you um uh into higher energy levels is is owning it but also forgiving yourself for it well right and that was big because i had to i mean that was a few years of doing that and that will lead probably into the codependency but that was me being codependent as well being well i want to make him happy still but i'm not making me happy i'm waiting around for him and and the resentment was just building and building and building and the resentment's really I needed to let it go and forgive myself that okay well that that's it goes alongside of the regret you know where that it's 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 possible that you could have changed something so stop you know stop resenting someone else and just move on and know that you can forgive yourself for all of that for sure. And, l- yeah. and learn from it. Right. Oh, exactly. absolutely. Right. Learn, carry it on to the, to your life, really, not just your next relationship, but your life in general. And, and I feel like this, this next topic that you've raised, the codependence was, uh, was a really big piece for you. Uh, what part of what connected you to your ex-husband, right? That, that mm-hmm. his, his selfishness and your caretaking tendency and, yes. uh, and we did a lot of work around that, both like, how did, how did I, how did I become this way and mm-hmm. how is it showing up in my life? And can you share a little bit of that, that part of the journey? Sure. We actually, you, which was the first time that, that I had ever even thought about this, but you brought out where it may have originated, which was in my sister, um, having grown up with someone who was jealous of me and I was always codependent and I didn't realize it, but codependent, always protecting her in a way because I didn't want to be the taller one, the skinnier one, the prettier one, the funnier one, the smarter one. I didn't want to be that because I, I, it wasn't an envy that she had of me. It was a jealousy. And so that's where my codependency start. And thanks to you, we, we brought that all out, but moving forward and, and just in my life in general, I was, I'm very codependent. I still am a bit, but I can recognize it now and shift where if someone says, you know, uh, 
Hey, can you, I have a, can you come real quick over? I, I'm, my dog got out and I, I can't get my dog in it. Although I'll help anybody in an emergency, but if I can't do something, they're not going to not like me because I didn't do it. And there's where that codependency that we were like, that was a light bulb moment for sure. You know, um, there was, um, uh, a speaker that I once heard say, choose resentment over dis- choose discomfort over resentment. And I carry this from what you've taught me as well. Whereas I don't always have to say yes to everything and yes to everyone. And that codependency in me uh, and wants to please everybody constantly. And like, if, if, if someone needs me at work and I already have a whole day planned, I'd often say, sure. Oh, you know, sure. I'll come to work. Well, I don't owe anybody anything. No, I, I don't. That's not my day to work. I don't have to go. So I, that uncomfortableness of that moment of choosing discomfort to say no, you know, it, it it's okay to say no. And my codependency with my ex-husband was to the extreme, of course, because I loved him so much and I put him first for everything. And it just, it destroys me because I, I, I just was not doing anything I was never putting myself first. And that's just wrong because you need to be happy too. And there's a good, you can go uh, compromise, you can be in between, but there, there, I wasn't that. And so that codependency was, and we've had, you've helped me understand that you don't have to be so codependent. You can do things for yourself. Are you emotionally overwhelmed, heartbroken, bitter, paralyzed by fear? In order to effectively navigate the significant decisions before you and skillfully master your life after divorce, you must attend to your emotional recovery. Our 12-step divorce recovery program is an emotional roadmap that guides you to feel clearer, stronger, and more in charge of yourself. Thousands have emerged transformed by the lessons, strategies, and tools our roadmap provides. Divorce will change your life. Enroll in the 12-step divorce recovery program today and ensure that the changes will be life-enhancing. Go to divorcerecoveryprogram.com to enroll. those of us who have a huge caretaking heart, it's finding the balance right. and between being a caretaker and, and, and having a heart of service and support and being codependent. And we talked a lot about, well, well, what's the tipping point? And you just said it so beautifully. It's like, if I'm afraid that you're not going to like me or love me, if I'm doing it out of a place of fear um, or need to be acknowledged and appreciated, then it's unhealthy. If I'm doing it like with my kids, right? If I'm doing it because I love you and you need something and I'm happy to help, that's a totally, that's a healthy. That's different, um, right. Right. It's very healthy to be kind and do nice things for people. It's not healthy to constantly do some things that you don't want to do and make yourself unhappy. And there's so many moments I've had that, you know, I, I 
even even when I was still married, I started to shift a little bit and do my best where I love to volunteer at the SBCA. And I would say to my ex-husband, let's go to the SBCA tomorrow at nine and volunteer. And he, okay. And then there would be one of those nights where he's out late and he's not getting up. And then maybe I wouldn't go. So I, I learned um, that I need to just say, I'm going to the SPCA at 9am. I would love for you to come. And that's it. And I don't expect him to come. If he comes, it's a bonus because I do want to spend time with him. It's my only day off, but I, I desperately want to go see these animals and take care of the animals. And so that's a, that was a big shift. And that was prior to us meeting, but the biggest shift when then you and I met was I was still being codependent in life. And I'm, and we, I had moments and, um, we called it a hot pepper moment, if you remember. And I was in the grocery store and I, I have a, had a new relationship, my first relationship since, um, my, my ex and I, um, were no longer married and, you know, a little bit was carrying over and I was trying really hard to, to develop kind of my new, my new self. And I was at the grocery store and I wanted to make us a beautiful Italian meat and cheese plate and he loves hot food and I do not. And I was picking out, uh, hot peppers and hot spicy meats and even olives. And I don't like olives. And then I put them in the basket and I was thinking of you and I looked down and I was like, what am I doing? This is the codependency that we just talked about. This is codependency. He is going to like whatever I make for him, for him. I do not need to just pick out things he likes. I'm going to pick out everything I like because I know he likes what I like. So I put everything back. We called it a hot pepper moment. And I realized he's still going to like me the same. He's, he's still going to eat the, the food. He's still going to love the evening. It doesn't have to be all about him. So I bought things that I liked. And it was, uh, it was a big turning point because then moving forward in life, in my relationship, I, I learned I'm, I'm kind and I still do beautiful things for other people, but it's not with a, paying a price for myself and my happiness. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I remember yeah. the hot pepper moment. And what was so cool about that was then you just would refer to whenever you noticed that you were being codependent. It was like, Karen, I had another hot pepper moment and I caught yeah. myself or I didn't catch myself. And that was brilliant. And, and the other thing I recall with you was your life was actually going really well. You were in this new relationship. And so there weren't like conflicts and crises to work through this work. It was much more um, nuanced. And so we ended up talking about pickleball a lot, didn't we? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes. And, yes. We, and we weren't talking, although I was very interested and I've learned more since about pickleball, we weren't talking right. about it for the game. And at one point you said, I know it sounds so silly. I'm bringing up another pickleball thing, but we both immediately acknowledged, no, you're not. You're actually bringing up a codependency thing that's happening on the pickleball court. And absolutely and you share a little bit about because there was another big one. Oh, this, that, yes, absolutely. The codependency, um, you know, back, going back to what my feelings were in my relationship where uh, I was disappointing, I wasn't uh, good enough, I wasn't enough. And so on the pickleball courts with my relationship, my partner happens to be my boyfriend and I was feeling like I wasn't good enough and I was disappointing. If I didn't do something well on the court, it was all coming. Everything was coming back. And in our relationship off the court, beautiful couple. And we have a, an amazing relationship. 
with respect and trust and, and everything you need in a relationship. But yet here I am on the courts bringing all of the things that were stirring inside of me in, in the, on the court, because in pickleball, you play with one partner and that was where I was, all these feelings were showing up that I was back to not good enough. I was disappointing him. And that was not true, but I couldn't shake that. So you and I would discuss it. And then I would, the next, I'd be like, okay, we'd break it down. I, we would, you know, discuss it and analyze it. And we'd come back to, okay, that was, that's what happened. I then went back right into my own deep wounds and felt I wasn't good enough and I was messing up, but he wasn't seeing that. So the next day I'd go out there and I'd, I'd text you or call you and say, I nailed it. I went out there and I just went strong and nailed it. And it's true. And that's what I did because it wasn't about the game. It wasn't about how I was or wasn't playing. It was all about the narcissism that I dealt with in the marriage, feeling that those feelings again, which you don't, I feel like you don't even realize you're going through that when you're going through it. Right. Right. Cause there's so much going on. Yes. And, and, and one of the conversations I recall was that he was, I don't remember if he was having a bad game or if he kind of stepped in and took your ball, like took your shot. And you, I remember you saying to me, if it was any other guy, I would have opened my mouth right away, but I didn't, I behaved differently and I noticed it right away. That was yes, super yes. powerful. Yes, yes, absolutely. Because I was, uh, my emotions were involved in it because we are in a relationship. And yes, I was kind of um, feeling like a blame, putting blame on me for something that I didn't do anything, right? And there were also moments where he was not happy on the courts or he was uh, had an attitude, but that it really wasn't towards me, but I was taking all of it and shifting all that energy like it was my fault. And it wasn't. It was just like he got up and stubbed his toe, but, you know, had a bad day and he was in a bad mood. It had nothing to do with me. But because of what I had, I'll say, drilled into me for a few years in my marriage, you you know, it just you just put it all on you. So it. it, yeah. it yeah. 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 And um, and I recall you saying how how well your games went like yeah first of all yes. listeners uh maria and her her boyfriend and partner are are like really enjoying and stellar on the pickleball court to begin with but once you worked out these things even though we weren't working on your pickleball game no pickleball we were not game no. Went way up <laughs> correct correct right. yes because i got to walk out there knowing that it, it wasn't really anything I was doing out there. It was just feelings of uh, almost like an insecurity out there because of the the forced feeling I have to be good enough all the time. Yep. And it's amazing how here you're like, just as a, a pickleball player, you were clearly very, very skilled. And so it's such a good point that, our thoughts and our feelings can undercut our skill set on any front at any time. And to be able to solve the right problem. So for you, it wasn't like I need a trainer to work on my pickleball game. It was like, no, I need to. No, I need a Karen. 
yeah, I need a carrot. I am, I am a athlete to the core. I do not need help with pickleball. It was Karen I needed. <laughs> you, you know, the other thing that I just remember really you embracing so much and, and using as such a powerful tool is our seven levels of energy. And can you share a little bit about what that concept, the concept of having seven levels of energy and being able to move into whatever emotional level you want to be in. How, how did that, how did that land with you and how did it impact your life since? Oh, sure. That the chart is something that I just found like a step process where you have so many emotions when something happens, you're angry, you're sad, you're, you know, you, you've got all kinds of emotions and you're not quite sure how to deal with them. So this chart takes you every level of emotion and each emotion, and it, it lets you climb through what you're feeling and kind of educate yourself on the moments you're having and then kind of what to do with it and how to get to the next step and the next step and the next step. And then it opens your eyes to what's really happening, which typically it's not anywhere near what you felt. And what happened the very first time we used this chart is a woman that I had worked once worked for had slandered me a bit. And this is just the person that she is and she's never going to change. And, you know, all the things I wanted to do, I wanted to confront her and talk to her and, and write her a letter and then do this and that. And I was angry. And then I was I, 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 there were so many emotions I had, but we, once we walked through it, it, it was really like, well, she's not ever going to change. She's going to do the same thing tomorrow. So what should I do? You know, what should I do about it? How can I work through, you know, where are my feelings? And you'll, you'll need to remind me exactly. I don't remember this, where the steps go, but you know so what it starts the, with. Yeah. So the lower, the lower levels are victim and conflict, right? So victim and, and, and anger, a conflict. And then you go into that taking personal responsibility and forgiveness is level three. And then right. you go to compassion, peace, and joy. And I do remember specifically because you, you do start out angry, but then you, you're able to flip it from you and put it on the person that's causing this to you and realize, well, wait a minute. I know I feel bad for her actually. And we did that. We did that with this incident and I was furious and we, we did it in a way that I actually did feel compassion for her because she is a miserable human being. And that's why she did it because she is so awful and, and needs to do that because she, her own insecurities project such negativity and, and, bad things uh, throughout her life. And so then we realize, well, there's nothing I need to do because she's never going to change. She's kind of the one that's has the issue and I could just get past this now. And one of the things we did is I wrote a letter. I wrote, I think I ended up writing like five pages and I wrote down everything I would say to her and then I burned it and it was out and it was gone. And I was like, oh, oh that was easy. And so I you just use the chart. Go ahead. Journey Beyond Divorce, we know that sometimes the most powerful support we can offer is to help you process the storm of emotions you're experiencing and gently challenge the beliefs that are keeping you stuck. 
The way Karen delivers her program is that she validates the feelings, the emotions, the ups, the downs. She hones in on the specifics that really talk to that particular person when they're going through this crazy emotional time. Let us be a beacon in the midst of this crazy emotional time. Book a free lifeline call with us to help lift the fog and begin practicing new ways of thinking, being, and doing that better support you as you journey through and beyond divorce. Our gift to you is taking that first step with you on your free Rapid Relief Lifeline call, where we help you navigate the emotional and logistical turbulence of separation and divorce. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call. just described you started at victim how could she do this to me you went right into anger you son of a gun I got things to say to you you went up to well wait a second wait a second she is this way she's going to be this way why am I taking this personally why am I taking this this unhappy woman personally oh my god she's so unhappy all the time bump right up to compassion I feel really good and you just like you just and and I love the energy chart because it's like it's like stepping into an elevator and saying I don't want to be in victim I want to be in compassion or I want to be in peace or I want to be in joy and making those mental and emotional shifts to get there and that's what you were able to you did that in one session and that was really that really was how it worked I was so angry. I think I called like six different people effing her off and like, you know, and I, I remember thinking, feeling that feeling that anger, like I was so angry. And then that, that, that chart we worked through. And then suddenly I was like, Oh yeah. And I was so calm and I felt like I had just done yoga and meditated. I'm like, yeah. And then, and then I was like, well, she is never going to change and she might do this tomorrow again. So why, why am I feeling all this and wasting my, you know, good day on her. And then we, yeah, it worked magically. And I've used it many, many times since because you don't realize where your emotions are going until you can walk through them properly. And really, it's almost like you physically see your emotions when you use this chart. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then the more you do it, that skill of, you know, naming the thought, connecting it to the emotion, challenging both of those and, and then leveling up, shifting up, you know, and, uh, yeah, and it's, and to be honest, usually it's, if you can just stop your emotion for a moment and see what that other person is projecting and really where they're coming from, it really usually is that other person. It, it, I think 99, you know, you have your days where something affects you and you're like, Oh, why did that annoy me today? That would not normally annoy me. But, but it is true that then you literally, you just kind of flip it onto the other person. Not that you're putting blame or shifting anything, but it's, you understand where it came from, from another person who's not the person that, that you you should be feeling this coming from. And, and I think that that's that second piece of it is, okay, why is this displeasing person who is unhappy every day, why am I taking her personally? And that's the beginning of, that's the poking. The poking is, well, okay, so so, so she's, she's miserable. She kind of like hurt people, hurt people. 
Um, right. What's what's my part? Right. That's that level phrase. Like, what's my part? Well, I'm really angry. I'm really taking this personally. Like, is it personal? No, it's not personal. And it's just that 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 gentle inquiry to poker and and dislodge that locked in thought. And then your and then your emotions shift immediately. And that is it when you, yes, when it, it's, you said that good just to like, uh, you almost unlock that. Like now your anger is shifted to the next, you know, your, your, your next emotion, whereas you can then start to walk through it and figure out what is that and why, where's it coming from and why. And right. then it's like, oh yeah, yeah. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And I could let that go. Right. Then all of a sudden, yeah, like, yeah I could let that go. I'm not attached to that anymore. I can just let that go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You, uh, we, we talked that day and I was calling her, I was marching into her office. I was this, I was this, this, and this, and then that by the end of the hour, only it took it, it didn't even take an hour. I was like, Oh, life is good. And again, I don't even care. It really, it really did work that well. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that? I was like, yes. oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> and and I, I do just want to acknowledge you again, Maria. I think that, um, you're a very quick study and it's, it's always fun to work with people who are like so ready, so hungry and thirsty for it and so quick to move. And, and the work that you did was um, so significant and, and quick. It was quick and it felt really good. And I often wondered, is it, I mean, it was, it had taken me two years to contact you. I had did not know about you. Someone had recommended. And I, I feel like I put in the work, I, I did put in the work, which you have to put the work in. And I was ready for it because I, although it wasn't every day I was feeling these, but it would just creep up in, in unexpected times. And I was kind of mad that here I am two years out of my divorce and I still have these feelings. And I still would once in a while walk around the house saying things out loud, you know, towards my ex-husband or something that I did one day, I'd be so, you know, grumpy. And, and I'm like, why is this person, why is he coming back into my mind? Like what just happened? And it was the resentment, the regret that, you know, the codependency that I, you know, things would be like, why did I do this that day? And it didn't really matter. It didn't really matter. But you were the one that helped me to really clear it. But I think I would just say, you do have to put the work in. Like, it's not just going to magically disappear. You really do have to work, work at it and and know and, and dig deep and know what it is that the problem is so that you, Karen, can help get it out. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful, your journey was such a beautiful journey of um, new self-awareness or self-awareness that grew deeper, let's say, because you did do a bunch of work beforehand. And then the tools to actually do something with it. So it's like, I'm aware, but how the hell do I get out of it? And so you put those two together and you are just a rock star. And, and I'll tell you that a lot of this did come up because I did start a new relationship. So the two years uh, through after my divorce, I was single and I hadn't, I mean, I hadn't met anybody, hadn't really pursued any, nothing, nothing was going on. And this was my first relationship where everything was still great, but there were things coming up because here I am in a relationship again, doing some of my old bad habits, like the codependency. And so, you know, it was significant. uh, Some of the things we work with, with even how I would respond to something that my boyfriend might say, and you would turn it to say, well, how do you think he feels about that? Because now it's, you know, your, it's, it's your internal um, uh, processing that that's happening and it's coming from your old relationship. Right. So it was, significant and in recognizing that and I think that's a big part of it recognizing it that you and I like that hot pepper moment 
you know, I, I don't know that if I hadn't had done the work with you that I would be still in the grocery store buying hot peppers and olives that I will never eat that I'll sit in my refrigerator and I'll throw out unless my boyfriend eats them. But, you know, you have to, it, it takes, it took you to help me recognize all of, all of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think that, um, what you're saying about being in an intimate relationship is so vital. So there's so much work that we can do alone that we have to mm-hmm. do and that we do when we're single or in between relationships. Um, but uh, Seinfeld had, had coined that phrase, master of my own domain. It's like, it's a little bit easy to be a master of your own domain, but when you bring another adult human being under the same yeah. roof or in relationship, all of a sudden that's where we get to um, refine the work that we've done because those are where those intimate relationship issues are going to come up. We just um, started a healthy romantic relationship series, which is running side by side with, with your, our interview with you. And, and it's one of the things we talk about is um, so you had a relationship that, that dissolved, that ended, Mm -hmm. and now you're in a new one and you've grown and yet, a bunch of growth has to happen in that new relationship as you absolutely these things. Yeah, exactly. And I, uh, again, recognizing that it does and not being afraid of it or, or afraid to do the work, you know, it's, right. it's okay. It's going to come up. It will, but just be, be um, aware. And, you know, okay. The difference in safety in you being a safe person in you being in a safe relationship to share your fears, your insecurities, marriage, the ended, the marriage that ended versus the new relationship. How would you compare the level of safety that you have um, to actually be open and vulnerable and do the work? I feel now I, I put myself first more than I ever did before. So I'm very open to say how I feel and what my needs are rather than just the codependency of putting the other need, the, my boyfriend's needs first. So it's a a hundred percent better because I, I, I now know where I need to be, to be happy and to, to also make my partner happy because if I'm happy, my partner's happy because I'm not sitting around stewing, resenting and doing the things that I may have done in the past that I didn't even realize were, were happening. And, and so that's half of the formula. The other half of the formula is that uh, the person that you're involved with now um, shows up in a very different way than your ex-husband. And I think that it's important to talk about when we do the work and then enter a healthier relationship, it may not be the last relationship. It may not be the healthiest relationship, but, but would you say that like the level of safety in your marriage versus the level of safety talking to Mike and being in this relationship, how would you, how would you compare those two? Well, it's, it's, or contrast this, maybe the con. Okay. So it's, it's, com- it's completely different, exact opposite. Whereas now I feel a hundred percent that I am, uh, um, uh, respected and cared for. And I, I am put first and, 
not every time. I mean, it's, you know, it's a relationship, but, um, there's never a time that I feel like my needs won't, wouldn't be, be met if, if I, if I needed something, whereas in my, my marriage, I, it was, it did not ever matter, you know, what I needed or, you know, if, if I wanted something or in any respect, it was, he was selfish, self, self-absorbed, even in conversation. I can, I can run home and I'd specifically this happened. I can run home and say, Oh my God, I did the best yoga class. We hung upside down at the first time my neck, everything feels better. And in that instant, it would just go right back to my husband. He'd just start talking about himself or what he did or blah, blah, blah. I mean, it didn't matter what I was excited about. Whereas my boyfriend is always putting me first. Like we go to dinner, he, he doesn't eat shrimp and he's like, let's get the shrimp uh, fajitas. I'm like, well, you don't want shrimp. You want steak. I'll get shrimp. You get steak. And and those things I was never used to, but now it's, it's the safety is unbelievable because I'm, I'm someone that respects me and actually cares about me and what I want and what I care about and is thoughtful. I, what, what do you mean? There are thoughtful people out there. I, I didn't know this existed, you know? So the safety is, uh, I can't even describe it. And the, just the fact that he'll ask, how was your morning? How was your afternoon? How was your evening? How was your day? You know, I didn't have that in my marriage at all. Not at all. I would work 12 hour days and I would work 12 hour days and my husband would call me at work and say, what's for dinner while he's home. And he didn't work. He only worked nine hours a week. I worked 40 plus and he would literally call me and say, what's for dinner. And I'll, I'll tell you this, this moment, this happened. And I'm not kidding. I thought of you. I, that's, that was my ex-husband and my boyfriend. I worked a 12 hour day and he called me and said, what can I have ready for dinner? And he said, would you like sushi? He didn't, doesn't cook, but he would go get something. And I didn't get home till eight o'clock at night. And he would say, what do you, would you like? Okay. Let's have sushi. He'd get sushi. I'm like, please eat without me. I know you're starving. He would never, ever eat without me. He would wait for me to sit and have dinner together. And that, that to me was just, I have a guy of, I married a guy who would say what's for dinner as I worked this 12 hour day and I'm starving and tired or, Hey, can you pick up paper towels and toilet paper after I worked a 12 hour day and he was home all day. Whereas the new one. So the safety is, and the, the, uh, uh, I mean, you can see just by those one quick story, you can tell it's a hundred percent completely opposite. Yeah. And, and amazing. And it's, and I'll tell you, it's, it was hard for me in the beginning because I couldn't believe how well he was treating me because I was treated so badly by my husband. It was like, I, I just, this is this is what a relationship is supposed to be like, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, very unfamiliar at first. Yeah, 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 in a good way. Uh huh. Of course. You know, this has been this has been such a great conversation. You've you've had so many breakthroughs. Um, before we wrap up, uh, I'd like to give each guest an opportunity to share any words of inspiration, encouragement, guidance with our listeners, many of whom are just entering this journey of divorce. Mm-hmm. What would you what would you like to share? I think I would share be kind to yourself. Number one, remember that you do deserve to be happy. And I would also say be patient and and do the work. And it doesn't happen overnight. Some people it will. And you say I was a quick study, but I was really ready for it. And I was really eager and I I put the work in, but you do need to put the work in, you know, have many conversations, let your feelings all come out and then break them down. If you need to break down what's going on, but be patient, be kind to yourself. And, and there are happier days to come and they will come and, and you may have bad days, but there are many good days to come. And then, 
you deserve it, but, but work for it. You do need to work for it. Yeah. Beautiful. If you're listening to this and feeling like, gosh, I really just need some help, um, go to rapidrelief.com, rapidreliefcall.com and book a call. It's a free call with any of our coaches. In an hour, you'll walk away with new perspectives and an action plan. That's how most people start working with us. Uh, But you don't have to work with us. You can just enjoy the one free call. So do that. And Maria, thank you so much for coming and sharing your story. And I am so delighted for how well things are going for you. And I'm thankful to you. So thank you very much for helping me in this journey. You're very welcome. And we will be back again real soon with another episode of Voices of Celebration. Until then, you take care. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.